I live 10 minutes from Riverwind. It's a 10-minute, eh, maybe 12, but it's a very short drive. And the mistake that I've made in the past, Josh, whenever I don't have the built-in take the girls to school, is I've waited too long, right? I'll just sit around like, I got all this time. I'll listen to Toby. I'll mess around on the Internet. Um, I'll be clipping and calling audio. And then uh, today I got here early because I think it was either Trevor, Trevor LaFoon, or maybe it was Drake that said, hey, you might want to make sure they have you know all your stuff set up. And I got here, and I was, like, ready to go. So I feel like I'm ahead of the game today, Josh Helmer. But I'm, I, I also I can't lie. This whole short week, I'm so thrown off, man. And don't get me wrong, I love Thanksgiving. It's number two on my holiday depth chart. Number two, really pushing number one right now, but number two, but it's tight. We're usually here on Fridays, right? When we would come to Riverwind Casino, it's a Friday. Tomorrow is an OEC Fiber Football Friday, but it's on a Wednesday. You know, I, everything is just thrown off this week, and I'm not complaining. I'm just setting the excusinator groundwork because you know what's going to happen, right? There's going to be about five or six times today and tomorrow when I tell you it's a Friday. So as long as you guys just accept that I actually know what day it is, but my mind cannot compute what day it is, I think I'll be good to go. Is that a fair kind of agreement between everybody? Yeah. So we all understand today's like Tuesday. Yeah. Well, so they say, but it feels later in the week for us. Today is a Tuesday, but it's like a Thursday. If, or, or honestly, I mean, given how the the calendar falls for us, this feels like a Friday. Confused yet? Because I sure am. Riverwind Casino, where they got all kinds of great deals going on. Uh, Pete Davidson is coming on December 3rd. There's tickets that are available. Plus, don't forget about the early bird. Riverwind card holders who are 50 and older can earn 20 points Sunday through Tuesday each week and receive a free buffet or lunch dinner if you earn 300 points. That's not right. If you earn 100 points Sunday through Thursday, you can receive a chips and ale offer. So they got all kinds of great deals going on out here at Riverwind Casino. I've got so much on the to-do list for the show today. But... I, I, I know that I should be happy that the Chiefs lost last night. But I can't wait to listen or listen what am I talking about? Get on Twitter and follow all the hot takes today because the Chiefs are three dropped passes away from being undefeated this season. That's it, Josh. Whatever Kadarius Tony was doing in the opener against the Lions, was it Valdez Scantling that had the drop against the Broncos too? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and obviously last night. Oh, how about that dart from Mahomes? And afterwards, he's saying I might have overthrown it just a touch. What is he talking about? No, I know, but uh, hey, that's he's what the you ultimate do, team, right? Dude. Yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, I think last night was one of my favorite football games I've ever watched, dude. I, I'm i telling you right now, you can make fun 
of the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey stuff all you want. You can, you can clown anyone for talking about it all you want. But I had my two girls and my wife that sat and watched that whole game with me, Josh. The whole game. And they knew that Taylor wasn't there, right? They, exactly. They got the report. She was on the exactly. air tour. Right, exactly. Watch the whole game. Now, obviously, my 9-year-old had bedtime, and my 14-year-old was on her device. But and I'm usually – I've got to give some kudos, man. I'm usually anti-pregame show. I'm usually – let's just kick the game off, let's go. Because pregame shows, in my opinion, and I say this as someone who hosts an hour-long pregame show, which I revolt against this so we don't do it, but pregame shows for the most part have become – so who's going to win? Who's going to win the game? Who are you picking? Who are you picking in the game? Who you got, coach? All right. All right, Michael. I know it's your old team. Who you got? Who you picking? That's literally what pregame shows have become. Outside of Jay Glazer, that's what pregame shows are. Last night, and I don't know if ESPN took something or, or what happened or someone had a, took them to the room and had a conversation with them. It was like, listen, you need to get your act together. Right, you're you're the sports leader. I don't I don't know what your problem is right now, but you're the sports leader. You need to act like it. So I don't know if someone took him to the room and had a talk with him, but bro, that that pregame show once it started with Van Pelt, RG three, who else was up there with them? That was awesome. I and, and and they got the moment. I thought right. Someone had said I think it was one of the media guys, one of the media critics, said ESPN is. Um, is wanting to continue to show the NFL kind of what the Super Bowl and ABC is going to look like and how the pregame feel is going to be. I didn't have a problem with Aloe Block and the all-night-long remake that they were playing all night long. Dude, I don't know how much you got to get into it, and I never do this, but bra- bravo, man. Bravo. That that pre- As soon as I turned it on because the game kicked off, what, about 7, 740 or something like that? When they started that pregame coverage on ABC, I was just, I was kind of in awe of the worldwide leader. They crushed it. Now, the game itself was hella entertaining. I could have done without Lisa Salter's sideline report about where Taylor Swift was. It's funny, all these sideline reporters want to get on their high horse and talk about, oh, oh the dignity of a sideline reporter. How dare you take away from it? And then it's, let's go down to Lisa Salter's to tell us where Taylor Swift is. I found that to be absolutely hilarious. But just on a complete side note from the game itself, I thought the show leading up to it, I thought Troy and Joe Buck were on point. I thought it was one of the better broadcasts that I've watched in a long time. Yeah, those two obviously are great. And Monday Night Football, bringing those two aboard, you you and I have talked about it. It it was uh, big time. It's it's what it's been missing, right? It, It feels big again. With uh, with those two guys calling the action, and obviously you got Philly, Kansas City's going to be uh, a Super Bowl rematch is is a big time date, and uh, it lived up to it in terms of the, the finish was exciting and uh, you know great comeback for Philly and everything. So they got uh, though it probably wasn't the offensive fireworks. Maybe some were thinking uh, it could deliver. They got the the type of game and finish that uh, that you wanted, right? The type of drama. That you wanted. So, yeah, I'm with you. I thought it was great uh, from that standpoint. And, uh, you know, Lisa Salters, I'll give her a little bit of a pass on this. Go ahead. She 
probably got the uh, the marching orders from somebody above. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm, not, I'm it's not like Lisa Salters was like, hey, send it down for me so I can give you the Taylor Swift update. <laughs> somebody was like, hey, you're going to deliver the Taylor Swift update. I, I just, I found that funny in a week when everyone was talking about the professionalism and the, the dignity of being a sideline reporter and the responsibility that the trust. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, the air is tour in Brazil right now, guys. It's like, what? <laughs> hey, I, I thought the game delivered. And I think this is part of, this is your fault. You have me loving defensive football again. You really, I mean, there was a, I work with Arnie every Sunday night. If you don't have a 50 to 40 game, then it sucks. And then if it is a 50 to 40 game, then, well, no one's playing defense, right? It's just that you can't win to win. I, that's my kind of football game where there were ebbs and flows. There was a point where Philly couldn't block Kansas City. Then there was a point where Kansas, Philly finally adjusted. There was a point where Kansas City, the Chiefs could do whatever they wanted, Josh, right? Do whatever they wanted, but just turnovers, drops bad penalties i mean that game to me is is sure i mean you're still you're two games up in the division and you're right there with the one seed so i know that losing a third game is frustrating but i don't think the chiefs are suddenly going to crumble and implode i thought it was you had a super bowl rematch on a primetime stage and i'm sitting here talking about how the broadcast delivered i need to pull back and say for me the game delivered too i thought it was awesome yeah it uh was a couple of heavyweights going was, uh, going man. at it, and and again, it uh, might have been a different brand than a lot of people expected. It obviously wasn't the same game we saw in the Super Bowl. This uh, this right. was uh, quite a bit different from that. I mean, it was defensive. Kansas City, though. I mean, let's let's just cut to the chase. They got some serious offensive problems right now. I'm I'm torn between with Kansas City. I do think they could still win the Super Bowl. I'm not gonna get out over my skis and super overreact to this thing for Kansas City and say they can't do that right now. But uh, they've got some problems <laughs> offensively. There's there's no getting around that for them. Uh, the, the, the very first text of the show from the 602, my wife and daughter watched the whole game. Never happened. And that's awesome. It was. It was absolutely incredible. I just and, – and there was a couple of times where I even said – Hey, I'll go to the office. I'll go to the office. And they're like, I mean, go ahead if you want to go. And I would take a step and like, but, you know, we're going to watch. I mean, it's we're not telling you you have to leave. So it's just it was really – I've told this story to a lot of friends. I've uh, – I'm on my second marriage. I had a girlfriend – well, my wife and my girlfriend in college. I had – maybe one or two girlfriends in high school, one girlfriend between marriages, and you know what all of them have in common, Josh? Not a single one of them liked sports. Boy, you and I sure know how to pick them, don't we? I want to tell you something. It's absolutely incredible. From from Lisa Forstein to uh, Amy to Allison, to Sarah, I mean, literally no one that I've ever had as a girlfriend in my life our wife likes sports, and whenever they all are involved, it's like, I, and I'm, I'm like, telling them way too much information. 
is like, you know, the, the real, and it's all Travis Kelsey related too. You know the really amazing thing about Travis Kelsey? He almost quit football his freshman year. Yeah, here's a picture. You will see? Here's a picture when he was in Cincinnati. He actually moved in with his brother. By the way, that picture of Jason Kelsey, was there anything more like 2010 and the look that everyone thought was good than what Jason Kelsey looked like in college? Hey, did you? <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that look. In its time uh, and place. I just, I thoroughly enjoyed Monday Night Football. And I know that this is game week. And I know that we're the home of Sooner fans. In my defense, there's a lot of Sooners out there on Monday night. Yeah. but And I, and it's one of those where I also forget that Grant Calcaterra is an eagle every now and then. Dallas Goddard's injury obviously gave him an opportunity, and then he got hurt. Um, but I I like watching greats go at it. I really do. I like watching, I like watching greatness. And those are two great football teams. Well, and... It's a Super Bowl rematch, and who knows? Right. Kansas City still got plenty to get figured out. Uh, Philly's the obvious clear favorite right now in the NFC, though mm-hmm. San Francisco's good. I mean, there's Detroit's really good, right? So there's some uh-huh. teams that could usurp them in getting back to the Super Bowl. But right now they look like the clear favorite in the NFC to get there, and I'm not totally ruling out Kansas City to get back Don't. to the Super Bowl. So we might well, – uh, we might have just watched the Super Bowl again, right? We might have no. seen a preview for it last night. Kansas City has pass catcher issues. And listen, it's, it affected everyone last night. Travis Kelsey had a bad drop and a fumble, and that fumble led to the go-ahead touchdown, right? Sure. Or did they? Yeah, okay. Had the, and the fumble was in the red zone. And it's something that you never see from him. Mahomes had a bad pick. In the end zone, right? So those are the Kansas City. I think they're going to be okay because their defense is really good, man. That corner is something else. But Philly's got offensive line issues. And if if they didn't have Jalen Hurts back there, it would have been a Sam Howell kind of a day, man. They couldn't they can't protect the quarterback right now. Kansas City was making them pay. So I I think that I think we saw a Super Bowl preview in that rematch last Zero night. Zero points in each of the last three second halves for Kansas City. Don't worry, dude. You got the Raiders coming up this week and you're gonna be fine. <laughs> you're gonna be okay. We're coming off our first loss, and something tells me that as fun as Antonio Pierce has been, I don't think he has a bleep clue on how to rally a group after a tough loss from a a strategic standpoint. I hope I'm wrong, but we're about to find out. Okay, that's Monday Night Football. If you guys want to react to it, I thought it was a great game. As you can tell, I'm on a high from it. Uh, Give me that every single Monday night. Well done, ESPN. Great game between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Now, when we come back, Yesterday was a Brent Venables press conference. A lot of really good questions. Yesterday was also the Brent Venables coaches show. So we get to mesh like the best of two worlds. We'll start diving into what we learned and maybe most importantly, the update on Dylan Gabriel. That's coming up next as we're live from Riverwind Casino on a Tuesday right here on the home of Sooner fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh. I'm Plank. Do you say we have a special guest with us in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio today, Josh? We do, yes. Taylor McKittrick is hanging out. She's, uh, well, she's been great on the high school streaming side and nice. uh, is uh, making that faulty, that dangerous decision of trying to intern with the station. Go ahead. You can say it. A terrible decision. No, I'm kidding. Good to have you, Taylor. Is it to the point yet where you're going to be able to kick your feet up in the studios and just chill or no? I, I think we'll get there, yeah. I okay. think... Uh, She's pretty laid back, so she's 
you know, she's just hanging out, catching bits and pieces. Hey. Huh. I'm excited about that. That's cool. Well, welcome, Taylor. Pump that you're here today. We'll have a – wait. Did I say Taylor? Tyler? You got it. Yes, Taylor. Okay. We got too many Taylors around here. Spoiler alert. We have one. Okay. Um. Here's something that caught me, and maybe maybe I spent too much time, Josh, on social media last night. But Brent Venables, let me see here. Let me give you what he said about Jackson Arnold during the uh, coaches show last night, okay? Here is uh, Toby and Teddy and Coach Venables on Jackson. Can you take us behind the scenes a little bit at halftime when I assume the doctors come to you and say, hey, you don't have DG's second half, and now you, you, you're going to go with I'm Jackson like, Arnold? Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, i got to get these run fit square away. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, we got Jackson Arnold, all right? We, first world problems here. And, uh, and I say that I'm, you know, not making light of um, what's going on with Dylan. Obviously very concerned there, making sure that he was going to be okay, uh, that he was in a good place. And then, um, you know, making sure that – you know, uh, give uh, Jackson another uh, level of, you know, confidence. You know, I mean, we remember just do one of 11, take care of the football, make good decisions. Offense going to make it, uh, you know, just like practice, you know, just like Denton Geyer, and you're going to be just fine. And we're going to be better on defense, take some pressure off of you. And uh, because I felt like, you know, we – I don't like playing like that, you know, on defense, and we're never going to be perfect – uh, but I never felt like we, we helped the offense at all, and uh, we, we put a lot of pressure on them. We flipped the field continuously on defense by playing bad run defense, and, and again, and even our own guys, you know, not letting them. But the second half was much better, like I said. Uh, again, six drives, I think three punts, two turnovers, and, and one touchdown drive. So, uh, But felt, again, really, when, and, I, and I say that, I was joking, but I wasn't joking. Yeah. You know, we got to we gotta fix this. Let's get these guys squared away, get them calmed down. Got some young guys that are running some triple option and some things that maybe we haven't spent much time on, and they're doing a lot of eye candy to try to mess with your gap integrity. And, and uh, so we got a little bit better uh, at that in the second half. Okay, listen, I'm sorry. Number one, how can you not get juiced whenever the – Montage training sing song from Rocky Four is playing in the background right now, Josh. Oh my gosh, Impossible. I'm ready to. Not, I mean, he he's in the in the cabin. He's running up the snowy hills. Brent Venables is joking about. No, I got these run fits they taken care of, and then all of a sudden it's like there's no easy way out. It's just. Come on, Riverwind Casino. It could not have worked out any better. TCU guys use the scientific way, baby. We're just out in the right. snow lifting logs. We're just out there them. working on our run fits. <laughs> All right, I'm going to watch Rocky for today. Um, so that that's seemingly good news. Here, here was Brent Venables in the press conference, his opening statement, whenever he kind of got into, I, I believe this is where he talked about the injury situation at DG. Got a great challenge this week, a week of Thanksgiving, short week. Uh, we both of us have a, a short week, a quick turnaround. Got back here at a, at a really a good time on uh, Saturday evening um, so that our guys could get a good night of rest and turn right around and had a good start to our week uh, last week and as I, or uh, uh, last night. And as I said last week, we, had uh, modified our, our schedule this week to get these guys um, 
uh, refocused and, and make sure that we're uh, uh, recovered and healthy and uh, ready to play fast because um, we got a fast athletic uh, TCU team that's um, again played uh, last several games have played well had a couple of um, uh, tough losses uh, both to Tech and uh, to Texas where it comes down to the last drive of both of those games uh, and uh, the last 29 26 to Texas and I got after Baylor pretty good last week and uh, lost a tough one to Texas Tech uh, the week uh, prior to that but um, a team that's um, got tremendous tremendous um, uh, skill um, uh, a lot of confidence. A team that's played in the national championship uh, just last year, and uh, they got yeah. after us pretty good. So, um, really excited about where we're at. Again, I'll just give you a quick update um, with Dylan and Jalil. Uh, I feel like both those guys will, if they continue to progress throughout the week, that they'll be available uh, this weekend. So. Hey. Now, again, Farouk. Before we get to Dylan Gabriel, Josh. Farouk, when. When the review on the play was upheld, right, and they said it's a first down, my man was, oh, gosh, I want to say Dr. Bain was with him. I think I, I think Doc McGinnis was there, too, and they were talking to him. And as soon as they said ruling on the field is confirmed first down, Farouk pumped his fist and tried his run back into the game. <laughs> so he was, like, ready to go. So I don't know. I didn't realize that it was maybe that problematic with him, and I don't think he did post game either. So that would you know lead you to believe that maybe they wanted to you know, kind of further evaluate him. But on on here's my question about Dylan Gabriel. Did I miss something? Because I saw this tweet a lot last night, and maybe I'm maybe I'm paying attention too much to Red Dirt Sports or something on Twitter. But as soon as it was tweeted, hey, Coach Venable says if they continue to progress well that both will play, everyone was like, oh, that's no, not happening. No way. Not, I mean, did, did, I, did I miss something like another shoe to drop on this? Or are people just assuming because of the concussion last year that it's going to be tough for him to play? Well, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Brent Venables afterwards said it was an upper body injury. Did he not? Right, right. He never, he never confirmed that it was actually a concussion, right? And by the way, just so we're clear, just so we're clear, neither did we on the radio network, right? My, our, my report, our reporting was, and you can go back and listen, Jackson Arnold's coming into the game. Dylan Gabriel is not going to be on the sidelines in the second half. Now, you can look into that what you want. He took a hard hit on the ground at the end of the game, but as it stands right now, no news on his injury except that he's not out here. And Jackson Arnold's going to start the second half. And I think, you know, everyone just kind of assumed, presumed concussion. And every single person I've talked to, Josh, and it's, you know, like three or four people, um, they kind of thought the same thing. But upper body injury, right, could it be neck? Could it be something a little bit different than a concussion? I don't know. I don't know. Um, nor do I want to speculate. But I just I kind of found it surprising how immediately – you know, most of, of the always factual and always right Twitter was like, oh, no, no, yeah, right. <laughs> no way he's playing. Did I miss something? Maybe. <laughs> you know, I okay. don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think we had anything definitive uh, that he was, he was playing or not playing, right? I, I think right. obviously you, you approach this as 
Jackson Arnold's going to play the game. And if Dylan Gabriel can, then great. But uh, you, you got to be ready that uh, it's not going to go that way. I mean, head or neck, shoulder, right? I mean, those would be the, the types of injuries, I would think. Right. I saw this was from the 405. Uh, he said, I initially thought it was a shoulder collarbone. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't even realize how dinged he was until I saw everybody talking to him right before they went to the locker room. Because he threw another pass after that hard hit, and the hard hit was to the ground. So I don't know if I missed something this week, maybe a weekend, last few days, but when the reporting when the reporting came back that it was an upper body injury and that he's progressing well to play this weekend, kind of the immediate reaction on, on Twitter during the press conference yesterday, because we were taping Coach's Corner, was, right, okay, sure, yeah, sure. And I was just like, Is there, was there something more serious here? If, if you're of the belief that it was a concussion, then – I can understand where people would say, yeah, I, he's not playing. Because that was, I mean, that's that's how it played out a year ago. Mm. That's a good point. Josh, that's a really good point. Historically, maybe the reaction is like this from a handful of people because historically, or at least the small sample size that we have, is not necessarily getting the full story nor do you deserve it right i'll, I'll rephrase that nor are they required to give it to you mm. all right quick break when we come back let's dive into the knippelmeyer chevrolet text line as we roll on a tuesday now we're still going to follow kind of our our tuesday trend but it's going to be a little bit of a different feel so instead of where Tuesday would be recapping the best of what we heard from the Brent Venables Coaches Show the night before, it's a mesh and a mix between BV's Coaches Show and the press conference. And there's a lot of really good stuff in both. And we'll share what we learned coming up at 10 a.m., 11 a.m., top five stories of the day. We are live at Riverwind Casino on an awesome Tuesday right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Hour number one, we are back. Back with you. It's game week, baby. Not a long time to go until we get to Black Friday and say welcome to TCU. Sooners trying to collect a 10th win. Hey, this hour of the Plank Show brought to us by VH Fence. That's Van Hoos Fence. Check them out. Online, vhfence.com. Number to call, 405-735-1167. To the text line we go, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Robert and Hera. Good morning, guys. I don't think Coach Venables would conceal a concussion injury to any of his players. I truly believe it was something else, which is why he said an upper body injury. If that's the case, my money's on Dylan starting on Friday. Maybe. I mean, that's that's a fair point. Hey, if there is one thing that I would never question about Brent Venables, it's it's being pretty open with injury information. I Now, you know, he might say Tyler Guyton was back and that they, you know, Jacob Sexton had played really well, I found interesting, right? But, and, and maybe they need another week to get through it. 
I don't know. And there's a lot of I don't knows in this, but it's it's a fair question. You know, you almost feel like, and maybe it's an adjustment where someone's like, hey, let's not talk about concussions. Let's not say they have a concussion. I have no idea. I don't know. But when he said upper body injury to me and the fact that Dylan never came back on the sidelines, those are like telltale things of a concussion. So that's the only reason why I think many of us assumed it. And like I said before, we never use that word on the sidelines. We never use that word on the broadcast. Never. And the way he um, got, you know, you, you just watch the replay and see the way he got right. thrown down into the grass. I mean, it's easy to jump to that conclusion, whether or not sure. that's the case or like, not. And, and I think the way that at least I saw it and the way that I've always reported it, because we've dealt with this before with guys, is usually if you go to the locker room and they, they've given you the concussion test and you don't come back out, that's, that's usually a, a, a pretty good sign that that might be what you're dealing with. But not always. Not always. So fair point, Robert. Fair point. And uh, notable how this rest of the week plays out, right? Will it be a departure right. from last season where it was – Pretty quick, was it not, that Venables came out and said, hey, he's dealing with concussion symptoms. We'll see. Uh, right. You know, he's going to go through the protocol. And then, obviously, he, he did not play mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, Texas. So, yeah, that'll be, that'll be interesting. From the 402, biggest takeaway from the BV press conference, they felt better about Sexton playing with <laughs> what he's done the last couple of weeks over a supposedly first-rounder. Pretty telling about Guyton's effort. Let's see here. That I, I have that marked to talk about a little bit later on in the show. I'll see if I can find it here just real quick. Because when, when Brent said it, it was kind of one of those, oh, wow, I think this is it. I think this is it. Hold on, let's see here. Uh, how close was Tyler Guyton to being available, and do you expect to have him back? Yeah, I think he was back. You know, uh, Jake just did a great job, you know, so – uh, there's something to that too, you know. Jake's uh, done a really good job and made the most of his opportunity. So, uh, I think it's more about Jake than it was about Tyler. But he's available. Hmm. Interesting, right? Potentially exciting, right? I, I mean, th- th- thank you, thank you, dude. Whenever I heard that, with all of the talk about, yeah, it looks like Tyler Guyton might be like a top 15 pick, and you know, we got to replace him kind of got me excited for like team 193 to be honest with you all right where do you want to go next and by 193 i think you mean 130 but hey god did i say what have i done that again i i, I hope i'm just i hope you and like, i are watching team 193 but man oh that's gosh, a long time dude, from now i've done that like five times i think i'm dyslexic next thing is going to be team 921 <laughs> yes Team 130. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Frisco Sooner. What a great trip that was. And even though OU didn't play well, I thought it showed a lot of stones on Oklahoma's part to hang in there and win a game in which they had a ton of adversity and say what you want in a pretty hostile environment. Yeah, I, I trust me. We're going to be in, in larger stadiums and we're going to be in more hostile situations and we're, we're going to be put up against better teams in the SEC. But dang, man, there was something about that environment. I don't know what it was. The the crowd was loud. The field was crap. Danny was sick. It was just, it was like this incredible recipe for a mediocre performance, right? And 
you know, I, wh- one of the things we're going to hear at the top of the hour is Barry Trammell asked Coach about winning close games. And if there's one thing that I that Gabe has entrenched in me, and it's and it's funny when I hear Coach Venable say it, is you got to have good players. I know that's a captain obvious thing, but everyone's like, man, what what do they do differently here? Why, why schematically? So, well, they got better players. That's one, and that's just always been something that I'm like, well, you know, you can always scheme up something. No, no, no. When you got a better player, you you, you should be able to be better. And when Brent Venable started with, oh, you got to start with good players. I cracked up. But do you think there's something to Josh? We talked about this a little bit off the top yesterday. The ability to win in close games, because I do. I feel like it is a skill. Sure, it's a skill to to be able to win close games. That that's what great teams do. And right. and I'm not sitting here trying to convince everybody this morning that Oklahoma is a great team. But uh, somebody, I think somebody texted us the quote that, or I saw it on Twitter. That first, uh, first you lose big, then you lose close, then you win close, and then you win big, right? <laughs> yeah. And right now, Oklahoma's kind of getting back to that win close portion of it. And let's hope eventually it turns into then they win big, right? So, yeah, I, look, I'm not going to complain about winning too awfully much. No, not at all. Winning's awesome. And Frisco Sooner, it was great. I met Frisco Sooner on Friday. He and his wife were leaving, I think, um, Tyler and Teddy's show. And you did not, by any stretch of the imagination, seem faded to me, my friend. It was really cool to meet you. So, good to meet Frisco sooner. And then I like this one from Pastor Andy in Broken Arrow, Josh. He writes, with all these wives and daughters watching last night, I'm beginning to question whether or not there's some kind of Taylor Swift voodoo going on. I will give ABC credit or ESPN credit on one thing. They knew when to promote Dancing with the Stars in the Taylor Swift special, did they not? Holy smokes. Almost like they'd rehearsed it. (laughs) The only commercial that ran more than that was the stupid Whopper, Whopper, Whopper commercial. (sighs) Yeah, good game. Insert corny uh, Taylor Swift song reference here. Dude, it, it, it was everywhere last night. It was everywhere. It was it was wild. Hey, where'd Riverwind Casino? Yes, it's on a Tuesday, but with a short week, we're making sure to hit all of our hot spots. Pete Davidson is coming to town. In fact, it's in a couple of weeks, December 3rd. Doors open at 7. Tickets are available right now at riverwind.com. Plus, Jake's Jingle Jam coming up on December 7th. Let's see, what else do we have here on my to-do list? Lee Bryce. Lee Bryce is coming to town, and Tater, Ron White, is going to be here. You get information by coming to the Riverwind box office or at riverwind.com or by calling 405-322-6464. Quick break, back with some uh, Sooner Notes next on The Ref. All right, I've got some trivia for you, Josh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Uh, Yeah, I love impromptu trivia. Okay, and I want to make sure I get proper credit on I want to make sure I get pro- – sorry, I don't have my return turned up there. Sorry. Um, I got to give proper credit on this. Mike Houck's game notes. Well done, Houck. Fantastic. I've already read them. Do you remember the last time Oklahoma played a regular season game on a Friday? 
Oh, man. It's more recent than you would think. Was that Iowa State game on a Friday? That was a Thursday. Okay. I, I, then I'm Good not going to be able to get it then, I don't think. You're going to be mad when I tell you. West Virginia ah! 2018. See? Told you. Sooners won that game 59-56. to 56. True story. In 2019, we went to Ames. I think it was. Yeah, because we went the back-to-back seasons to Ames. 2019, we went to Ames for a softball trip. And they were showing the OU West Virginia game on like an ESPNU or something in the in the breakfast area. And I sat and watched the whole game. <laughs> it was like one of those where you were watching, you're like, have I been here for two hours? What's going on? Um, Oklahoma has actually played quite a bit on Friday because of the OU Nebraska game. The Sooners are 59-19. And two on Fridays. Wow, so they played a bunch on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, including two and four on bowl games. Now, 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 this is where we drill a little deeper, Josh. Since World War II, Oklahoma has played 15 regular season Friday games and were nine and six in those contests. Ten of those games, and the Sooners' only six losses, were against Nebraska. OU beat Nebraska on Fridays in 73, 76, 77, and 90 and lost to the Huskers in 82 and then from 91 to 95. I don't think we have to go back, but the Friday games in recent memory were Tulsa in 02 and 07 and West Virginia in 2018. Now here's another piece of trivia for you. You ready? I'm ready. When was Oklahoma's Last non-Saturday home game. Last non-Saturday home game. The West Virginia game in 2018 was on the road. That was on a Friday. You're going to be mad on this one, too, by the way. I'm just going to tell you. Really? Yeah, Yeah. So I should know it. If I gave you... What if I told you, how about, it was 2019, it was Jalen Hurts. Do you remember who it was with or who it was against? I don't. It was a Sunday game against Houston. Oh, my gosh. Yes, of course. And it, <laughs> and it was awesome, and we loved it. <laughs> it was, that was one of my favorite games ever. A, because the Sooners won. B, it was a Sunday night. So I did my Sunday show. C, my best friend, Robbie and his wife, Rachel, stayed with us. But then probably the funniest part of all of it, Josh, is that our power went out after the game. So when I got home, it was just black. It was Everything was out, done. And then we had a, there was a train derailment or something. It was a wild night. But 2019 was the last time the Sooners played a non-Saturday home game. And by the way, I thought that there – I know that it's, you know, 15 uh, – 15 Friday games. I just I felt like Oklahoma and Nebraska played a lot more than that on Fridays. <laughs> on, the, on Black Friday. I really did. But that's still a lot, right? I mean, you're talking about a span from 73 to, what, 96, 95? Pretty good run. That's a lot of generations that are spending their Thanksgiving watching OU and Nebraska. All right, dude. We got a lot of fun with Brent Venables coming up next. We're going to learn about Danny Stutzman's ailment and how Brent Venables found out. Uh, More on this senior class and uh, 
Will we see Jackson Arnold? And if so, how has he prepared for this moment? It's all coming up on a busy Tuesday edition, live from Riverwind Casino on the ref.